welcome to episode three of SMI Podcast. My name is Molly Danaher and I'm joined here today with fellow TY students, Sean Anash and Shona Vahan. We are delighted to welcome TV presenter and podcaster, Marin O'Connell. Hi, Marin. First of all, we would very welcome you, welcome today and thanks so much for agreeing to do our podcast. Can you just tell us about your background growing up, how many brothers and sisters and where in your family do you come? Hello, everybody. Lovely. To see if I looked like that when I was in transition year, I would have been blooming delighted. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Didn't look like ye, my God. Um, my name is Maureen O'Connell. I am from uh, Dora Doyle in Limerick. And um, I come, I'm the baby of my family. Did you go to school yourself? So I went to school, uh, they're both my school, my primary school is St. Paul's, which was at the end of my road. And my secondary school was the was Crescent College Comprehensive, which I just had to walk through Gary Owen. It took seven minutes to get from my front door into the front door of the school every morning. Is that why I went there? Absolutely. Do I hate getting up in the morning? <laughs> yes. The closest I could get to school, I was like, I'm in. Amazing. Um, have you any memories from school? Yeah, I was one of those uh, kids that loved school. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, all of it, my primary school, until they had it done, you kind of end up going back there because our, our church, like for, for mass and everything at Christmas is there and often our primary school would be open and all of our pictures from like babies and sixth class were on the corridors. And up until that's where I used to vote when I was registered in Limerick. And every time we'd be like, are you going home to vote? I'd be like, yeah, that was our that was our local centre, our voting centre. And we'd be like, come here, let's go vote at seven o'clock and we'll go see all our pictures. And then we'll go for a drink. It'll be lovely. So that's what we used, that's what we used to do with the primary school bunch. And then because when you're from Limerick, I lived in Dublin for years before I moved my vote because I, I just cared so much about what was happening in Limerick. And then secondary school, um, I really, really loved it. I think the politics of secondary school is really interesting because up until third year, you're kind of all in it together and the cliques were there, but everyone really got along. And then in transition year where you are now, that's when these other cliques started emerging and you're trying to find your place within this larger system. And I would have hung around with um, a good few of the people in the year ahead of me and our teachers were fairly friendly once you got into senior cycle you know you kind of called them by their first name we were that sort of school I know you probably want to punch us in our face going oh look they're calling their teachers by their first name <laughs> but um uh I really really enjoyed it I loved the freedom and our teachers were really good because it was kind of a sporty school but there was also an awful lot in the creative side for kids who were good at art and everything um and I loved it I'm still some of my best friends are from primary and secondary school still did you I did yes I did TY and um and TY was interesting because that was that's when you get to go on all the trips. You know, there was the Euro tour and the ski tour, and it was like our teachers, lads, on our Euro. Do you do a Euro tour? No. Yeah. Yeah, we we're do. We're going to Paris. Oh, yeah. Euro tour. <laughs> Paris. Yeah. So sorry, we called it the Euro tour. You're going to mainland Europe, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> she's like, no. <laughs> He brought us a bunch of 15 and 16 year olds to Amsterdam. Oh my God. <laughs> what were they? What were they? <laughs> what did they expect? We were like, that's what's going on here. We had an absolute ball. And then there was the ski tour. And then we used to, uh, there was a lot of like social placements as well. So you, you know, you go to areas, uh, there's St. Gabriel's school near us that there was, uh, there was a system with. So you go and see, um, 
you'd see people who have very different experiences from you, which I thought was such an amazing thing about transition year, broadening your horizons. Because, you know, when you're in school, you're kind of getting on and you kind of know a lot of people who are like you. And then it's nice just to see the backgrounds of other people in different people's lives. Uh, so I absolutely loved the social aspect of of transition year. But also I did love I know it's more structured now and you do more like it was a dust. You know, you had to run either the magazine or the bank. And I was like, Can I, I'm just going to go home for an extra long lunch. It's ter- terrible. <laughs> Don't live too close to your school. It's terrible. Uh, how did you get into media and presenting? Purely accidentally. Um, I came home from, uh, I had no plan in life other than I was going to college in Galway. That was as far as I'd gotten. That was all I wanted to do. Didn't know what I wanted to do in Galway. Um, I don't know if you have plans. I think it's a lot to ask someone who's 17 years old to be like, how are you? What do you want to do for the rest of your life? Bonkers. And psychologists say now that we will have three different careers in our lives, like three completely different jobs. And I can understand that because like, I must seem like an ancient ruin that there's OM stones written on me to ye because you're so young and vibrant and the world is ahead of you. But it, it it's impossible. Like I'm completely different to who I was five years ago. So you change so much. So all I knew was I wanted to go to Galway for the laugh. I wanted to have the crack. And I was like, that's it. And then after Galway, I was like, I'm going to go to Australia for a year. And I came home and my father, when I got home, because I had no plan and I was sleeping late and I was just being a complete waster, kept leaving forms around the house for to apply for secondary school. So I'd wake up in the morning and a form been not secondary school to apply for for teaching so he wanted me to go and do my master's for teaching I'd wake up in the morning there would be one underneath my door I'd go make a cup of tea there would be a form beside the kettle I'd open the fridge to get some butter for my toast there would be a form in the fridge (laughs) fine pensionable job mad for me to become a teacher and a friend of mine rang me and said come here they're looking for drivers in the local radio station live 95 um in Limerick um sure you're not doing it why don't you just head in there and that's how it all started I was didn't have a job, needed a job, and I started driving a Jeep for life. <laughs> that was it. Um, do you think men find it easier to get roles in the line of work than women? No, um, I think where I work in Virgin Media, there it, there's always been a huge amount of female TV presenters. Um, and I mean, like from expose way before your time, there was just so many female TV presenters. I do think that it used to be very Dublin centric rather than it being around the country. Like I never thought that I'd ever get a job in Dublin because everyone I knew who worked on national media seemed to be from Dublin. So I was like, they're never going to give a job to someone from Limerick. And I don't know anyone. And a lot of things are connections. But um, but it's not that way at all. Like I just discovered, oh, you just kind of go for a job and you meet people and you're like, Harry, I'd love to try this. if you know, if you're good enough for the job and you try out. Um, I think what is different for women, I suppose, being in front of camera is I work with two lads in the morning and they come in, they put a bit of powder on their face and they look like supermodels. So it takes them <laughs> five. And then I come in, I have a breakdown for an hour and a half about what I'm going to wear because they wear the same 10 things for a year and no one says <laughs> anything to them. Whereas I get, did you not wear that dress on the 12th of October? 2018 and I can't believe you're wearing it again uh so there's pressure from visually from like it takes an awful lot more time to be a female tv presenter and 
I find that men are so much better. Like certainly the men I work with are amazing at compartmentalizing the criticism. They're like, it's kind of water off a duck's back. Whereas I do think that I take it much more to heart and I can't just shake it off as quickly as they are, as they have. But when you're working with the right people, like they'll just sit there and Tommy be like, okay, next play, move on. Let's just move on. So it's around the people around you. Um, but I do think there's loads of opportunities, loads of opportunities for women. Um, what are the benefits and challenges of working in media? Um, the benefits are I love my job. I get to go to work <laughs> every single day and I realize how lucky I am because I know that there are people, you know, there are nurses on the front line who are getting spat at just for doing their jobs and they're doing jobs that they love, but they have to deal with such a different um a different set of pressures than I do. And I happen to have fallen in love with a job where I think you can tell I never shut up. So <laughs> but that's a thing. Um so that's definitely a benefit. I adore, adore going to work. And the the fallbacks, you know, <laughs> when's the last time any of you watched television? You're going to go home tonight and watch TikTok and <laughs> yeah. for 24 hours. I sat down. Do you watch Molly May? Do you watch vlogs? Yeah. Shona? Yeah. Do you all watch vlogs? So Shona, what do you watch? Molly May. You watch Molly May? Yeah. <laughs> How often do you watch her? Not a lot, like maybe once every two weeks. Okay, that's a lot. So what do you get? What do you get from it? What do you learn from from Molly May? Just the way she lives her life compared to us. So it's is it aspirational to be like, I would like her life or do you feel like she's welcoming you into her world? What is it? I'd like her life. You would like her life? Yeah. Okay. Do you ever think about the pressure she's under and kind of the death threats and the rape threats and all that kind of stuff that she gets? Like, is that something that you think about when you're watching her? Not really, no. I just, oh. I don't know. I just think about what she's talking about in that vlog. Okay, so what? And listen, I watched and I was like, I, I didn't know what a vlog, I didn't know what they really were. I had, I was never really into them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so she's just going through her day. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just like going, all right, I'm just going to go like it's the same sort of day as you'll have. Like she does her washing, right? Yeah. She puts on makeup and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not think you kind of like your life? Yeah, I suppose. But she just lives it differently because of who she is. Is it the money? Not, re- not even that, but just of who she is. Who she is. Oh, Molly, you're sh- Shona, you've been told to ask me something. <laughs> Do you have to do your own hair and makeup for every morning? For every, yeah, for TV. I do my morning. own. I do my own makeup, um, because there's just not time. But I don't do my own hair. Emma, Mahoney, who is um my angel sent from heaven, she does my hair morning. God bless her. <laughs> Very open about um being insomniac. How do you deal with this? I go insane. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday, my partner is going. Okay, have a glass of wine and go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) On average, how many hours of sleep do you get each night? Last night I got four, uh, which was pretty good. And um, I I think I've tried every herbal remedy under the sun. I'm so full of magnesium. I should be the healthiest woman in Ireland. (laughs) You can probably start squeezing it out of my pores at this stage. Um, But I'm getting a little bit better. I think um, I don't nap during the day uh, to try to get my cycle better. And then exercise really helps if you kind of wear yourself out with exercise. 
and um and yeah that's it i'm sure you can sleep when you're dead <laughs> um who would be the three most famous people in your phone book there's no such thing as famous people in Ireland unless you're <laughs> or Bono lads. Come on, Paul Mescal now, I suppose. But like any famous person that you know, you're going to see them in the same Aldi as you're in, in the middle aisle going, oh, isn't that a great deal? So <laughs> I just I just don't think fame is a thing in Ireland. Um, I honestly don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Karen Cost, Greg O'Shea? <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Greg's famous. You'd know Greg, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Greg, Greg would be pretty famous. Greg, Joanne McNally. Yeah. yeah. Joanne's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm like, who else do I have in my phone book? Tommy Bow, Alan Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. The amount of times I've been asked for Tommy Bow's phone number on a night out. By the way, lads, unbelievable. <laughs> what has been your favorite red carpet event and why? I find them very stressful. Do you know what? We're and I know we're only in Ireland, but you know when like are you gonna have a Debs? Yeah. A TY ball. And then you have a, a TY ball. Yeah. In February, yeah. Do you have to invite someone? Not, Not really. necessarily, no. No, you go as a gang, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did that in our school, which was lovely. But can you like are you thinking about that already? Like, Shauna, are you yeah. thinking about, oh my God, what am I going to wear? Yeah, it's all planned. It's all done. I have my dress gotten it's already. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I wish I was like, Yee, can you take over my wardrobe? Honestly, <laughs> I can't believe you've got that all planned. That is so good. I'm very last minute. Never lose that. Yeah. I am a last minute Larry. And so then I get very stressed uh, trying to think about what to wear and whether I'm going to have my period that day or not and blow up yeah. like a balloon. Like you like you know, girls, it's never going to end where you're like, oh, look, I'm one size one day. And then two weeks later, you're like, yeah. oh, look, I'm a completely different size today. <laughs> so that's always um, that's always a thing. I suppose, um, I don't know, the gossies and the VIPs and all those kind of, they're great fun because you get to go and hang out <laughs> with your friends while you're wearing a fancy dress. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who has been your favourite person to interview over the years? Doesn't that feel like a heart? They're all my favorites. Isn't that what parents <laughs> say about the children? They're all my favorites. Um, I think there's been some really um special people. Um, I think the first time I ever sat down and got to talk to Vicky Phelan, it was genuinely life-changing as to her outlook on life. You know Vicky Phelan, obviously, yeah, God yeah. bless her soul. Um, having lost her so recent, actually, she hasn't been gone that long. And um herself and Lindsay Bennett, uh two cervical campaigners um it really puts things into perspective about what is important in life and what are we doing like every day is a lucky day to be waking up and we should kind of realize that there has to be a point in the day where you have a laugh that's one thing I really noticed about Vicky and Lindsay. They found fun to have every single day, even though they knew there was an endpoint. But we all know there's an endpoint, right? Just theirs yeah. was way too human premature. Yeah. Um, interviewing them, it was it really changes your brain chemistry and and how self involved you can be in your own life and the little things that get on top of us because we all get it, right? Little things get on top of us all the time, 
and they can be so overwhelming. So it's really nice to sometimes put that outside yourself. And I honestly think every single parent I've ever spoken to who's fighting for to get a wheelchair for their child to get some sort of a support from the government in order to make their lives better. Honestly, there, there are days when you go, I have no idea how lucky I have it and that we need to do things for other people. So they've been kind of big things for me. Did you ever interview someone who you had a totally different perspective or before you interviewed them? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You often go into things uh, with people where you think you know who they are. Like you all watch people on social media and you think you know who they are and you've got a certain opinion of them, right? And you might be like, oh, good, that person's a bit of a dose. Or you might like, this is the best person in the entire world. Um, and then you meet them and you can be like, I've been quite shocked by some quite famous people in real life uh, and also on social media who are, you know, quite out there and you think they're really outgoing and they are so shy. And I mean, really quiet. And it's like getting blood from a stone. And you realize that a lot of the stuff is kind of state like they have to spend an awful lot of time in their day to create content for for us to enjoy and and that's kind of fascinating to realize that they put themselves out in such an amazing way but they're very shy people and they go out of their comfort zone so yeah they're, they're definitely perspectives are blown all the time as to what people might actually be like what advice would you give to your 16 year old self um stop trying to put the hair in the middle of your face to hide <laughs> everyone knows it's there and it's not working and also you can't see in front of your feet so don't do it <laughs> it's just a spot it's going to go away um take care of your skin from day one put on sunscreen i am not joking girls lather that stuff on use fake tan if you have to the real tan is not worth it <laughs> and um and and chill, chill. I, I've never been a planner, but um, to kind of to kind of in, enjoy things and your health. I would honestly say I got out of fitness. I was really fit in school, kind of I did hockey and athletics and basketball and all that kind of stuff. And then when I went to college, I discovered the pub and I was like, this is <laughs> so much better than getting up on a Sunday morning and playing a match. And that's one thing that I really do regret that it took me another like 12 years to get back into running and everything. So that's that's one thing that I would um that I remember. Skin is amazing. What do you use? Everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't enough sunscreen when I was your age. <laughs> so um I'm very lucky with um very, very, very lucky with my skin, to be honest. Uh, it's always been pretty good. But when you get older and if there's an issue there, you know, you try things and things, get professional help. Yeah. As in talk to someone and go, why do I have Melia all here? Why do I get clogged here? Ask people who know better than you. Google Doc doesn't always know when you can just <laughs> ask. Them. And then um, just, yeah, treat it, treat it well. Treat your skin well. Take your time with it because you will <laughs> love it in the future. You are a very well-known podcaster. Have you any tips for people starting out and creating their own podcasts? God, I think podcasts these days, as you know, it can be about absolutely anything. You can do whatever you want, whatever you're into. Like, honestly, I love your uniforms right now. And you could be talking about the use of pink in sports. <laughs> <laughs> Beckham has done with Inter Miami. Jesus, I'm after to drop me tea. Um, <laughs> oh, 
you can do a podcast on anything because if you're interested in something, there will be someone in the world that's interested in that as well. And I really hate what's kind of happening at this sort of vilification and and the way uh, some bro types are diminishing what women are into because they can sit there and talk about a football player for 72 hours and you're just like word out of my brain I just don't care whereas I want to sit down and deconstruct Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the feminist causes or I want to talk about a hairbrush for seven whatever you want to do it is just as interesting to someone else out there and I really dislike this um how it's growing up online the diminishing of what it is women's hobbies and the things that they're into there is no if and or but you can do whatever you want it's not versus everything that you're there that you're interested in you're interested in it for a reason as long as it's not illegal go for it and don't let anyone tell you this is stupid because it's not does it annoy you when people pronounce your name wrong i'm so over it my mother doesn't <laughs> like, she gave me the name and she doesn't spell it right so i'm like whatever listen if they can get in and around i find it fascinating i think it's a very easy name to say to be honest but what it, what are you gonna do? It's uh it's uh, a friend of mine is she's Zimbabwean South African and her name is Vuyelwa. And people say her name easier than they'll say my name until the day I die. And I'm like, it's grand. It's grand. <laughs> it's grand. Whatever. As long as they're not saying rude word, as long as they're not calling me a rude word, I'm fine. That's like me and Shauna. Yeah. Our names always get mixed up. I was about to say, how many times is it? Shauna, come here. And you're like, I'm Shona. Yeah, Shona. every day. Or whenever they every day. Shauna yeah. on the roll, I always answered it by an accent. So I'm so used to it. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like at a point where they'll call Shauna, Shona and Shona, Shauna when they're both spelled the right way. And you're sitting there going, you can say it. <laughs> yeah. We look, come on, guys. There's, yeah. a, there's a difference here. There's a difference here. Yeah. Cheek of them. Cheek. Molly has no issues at all. Molly's like, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> if you weren't called Wirin, what would you like to be called? Well, that's no idea. I, I, I remember I always wanted to change my name. And for years, like I hated it so much. And then I got into secondary school and I was like, oh, I'm not the 11th Neave in this class. I quite like that. Like I was full of, we were full of Neave and, was it Neave and Sarah's? We had a pile of them. And um, I kind of really like the individuality of it, but I, I, I honestly can't think of another name that I'd that I'd like to be called. You know, you have that kind of you know when you did your confirmation, did you yeah, do that thing? Uh, but you have a bit of a breakdown because you're like, yeah. oh my, God, so many choices. Yeah. Like for a while there, I was like, sure, I'll just be called. I was going to take Pio, Pio, like Potter Pio. <laughs> no, I'll just stick with what I have. Do you know where your name came from? It's a kind of a family name, actually, on my mother's side. So it's uh, I've got a couple of cousins that are called Warren. So we can all say it in our little in our little gang. Um, and then when I used to be on the radio, I went out and I found um, a Warren O'Connell who was doing her leaving cert. And we followed her throughout her leaving cert year um, on the radio station. And that was really cool. Uh, so there's a few of us. Um, we have a club. None of you are invited. Our private WhatsApp group. There's <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a family name. And do, you, do your family have a nickname for you? No. <laughs> and they do, I'm going to tell you. Accident! Accident! That shouted at me. 
Um, you always seem to have good fun with your co-presenters. Um, have you any standout favourite funny moments on the set that you could tell us about? Oh, Jesus. They they spend their time... Um, we spend our time trying to make everyone break. So when you're not on, you'll like be behind the camera and you'll um you'll try to make them laugh. Um, it's there was one time a few years ago that Alan walked up myself and Tommy were doing a thing on seances or whatever with the vet from Ghostbusters, and then Alan snuck up behind the couch and he snuck up behind us, and I swear to like I ended up on the floor. I was screaming so loudly. <laughs> I almost lost my life. I actually ended up on the floor, and um, and uh, I always, I always love that because it just tells you, lads, whatever you prepare for in live TV, don't prepare for anything because anything <laughs> can happen. Yeah, um, we really good. What inspired you to make the move from Limerick to Dublin, and how did it imp- impact your career? Um, it was my career that made me move. Um, I think I stayed in Limerick a little bit too long. I was very lucky because Spin had opened up in Limerick just when I was kind of getting into radio. And I'd started radio with um two people. We'd started driving the the Jeeps with Jackie Hurley, who's an RTE now doing sport, and Denise McNamara, who is now my boss in in um Virgin Media. And um they kind of moved up to Dublin a good few years before me. And they were like, why aren't you moving up? And I was like, no, 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 I'm happy here. And it was me thinking in my head that I just, I don't know anyone and I'm not really a go-getter. I've been very lucky in my career that things have kind of happened in a kind of roundabout way. Um, and I'm very shy. Like I wouldn't know how to, hi, can I have a job? Um, so I went to Dublin for my career uh, because I realized I just needed to do something else you'll find when you start in jobs that once you're there for a certain amount of time, you probably will want to move on. And I couldn't move anywhere else. So that's why I moved. Um, what are the key factors you attribute to your success in Irish media? I don't think it's very successful, but sure, I'll take, I'll take <laughs> it. Um, sure, Right place, right time, uh, I think is probably what it's been. Um, I never really had a plan. So... I've been very lucky and I've gotten to work with some amazing people and being like-minded, I think it's, it's, I've been very, very lucky. Um, have you ever had a fashion mishap while on air and how did you handle it? Constantly. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> your bras out, wearing your bras out again, wearing your bra, yeah. Oh, <laughs> skirt's falling down, your skirt's falling down. Sure, like, I mean, we all wear underwear, don't we? Hopefully yeah. we all wear underwear. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, there's been times when I've asked when they're going to get a new chair, is there any chance I can sit on it before you buy it? Because until <laughs> the day I die, I'm never going to give up my short skirts. Tina Turner wore them on <laughs> she died and she is my icon. Um, and I'm like, lads, I've kind of, my legs are kind of long. Can I sit in the chair? Because I tend to be a bit taller than my male co-host sometimes, except Tommy. And because um, uh, otherwise, you know, you're just given a show uh, that, that no one wants to see at home. Uh, so I've had to lengthen, lengthen the skirts. I often have to open a skirt up so that I can get it a little bit longer on the couch. So as that people won't be scandalized uh, by me. And then I'll stand up and you're wearing three mic packs and your skirt will just whoosh, fall right down. So, um, um, can you share some of your favorite fashion designers or brands that you frequently wear? Okay. Um, 
I absolutely adore an Irish designer called Miss She Got Knits. Her name is Karen Burney and she started knitting in the pandemic. I've got two of her jumpers. They're like works of art. I absolutely adore them. And she's just so unbelievably cool. And they're so amazing and so creative. And she just does them from her apartment. Um, I think Roisin Lanan is an amazing Irish designer as well. You could go on Aoife from Out the Road in Adair in Limerick. She does some amazing things. Um, I'd be sort of, I've moved up, girls. When you get to a certain age, you'll realise, oh my God, Zara isn't for me anymore. And when 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 Zara isn't for you anymore, you're like, where am I? Where am I going to? Where am I going to shop? Um, <laughs> so uh, I love to buy a little bit of Massimo Duty um, is kind of where I go to uh, to get stuff. And I will always say invest in jeans because don't buy a pair of jeans every week. You don't need them. And it takes basically 75 swimming pools to make one pair of jeans. So um, I buy good, good jeans. And I've got pairs of jeans from like 11 years ago. Where's your favourite place to buy them? I would buy them in a place called Seagreen, which is a shop here in Dublin, or else I would buy them in Brown Thomas. I know. What are you going to, they've got good jeans. And to be fair, I've got some Zara jeans that will last me until the day I die as well, because some of them are very good. Uh, what's your favourite programmes to watch? <gasps> Taskmaster. On Channel 4 is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my entire life. If you ever watch it, lads, it is so good. This series isn't the best, but it's so good. And there's also a board game to go with it that you can play with your friends in your house. You should probably do it over Zoom because the house gets absolutely wrecked. It's brilliant. I love Bake Off. I love Gogglebox. Um, I love The Late Late. Six o'clock show. Watch them all the time. What else do I watch? Uh, a show that you probably shouldn't be watching that's on Channel 4 at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. <laughs> Bonkers, if you watch Channel 4. Probably none of us should be watching that. And um, and then, like, Succession and stuff like that. Yeah. And would you ever go on Gogglebox? No. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to hear what I think about TV. <laughs> no, shut up. So it's like, no. I like watch. I like watching. Yeah. Um, what projects or achievements are you most proud of since the start of your career? Um, Jesus, this is like a this is your life. This is like a re- am I dying after this? <laughs> <laughs> am I being taken out the back and shot? Um, I don't know. I've been, I've been really proud of managing to hang in there maybe (laughs) having a job is something that I'm quite proud of and um we've gotten behind some really good things in Virgin Media um before that I've been really proud of as well um sort of fundraising and and charity events Jesus lads you put me on the spot there I've no I'm proud I'm I'm alive thanks very much to Mern for the great interview we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today we wish you every success in the future Shona, Shona, Molly, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you.
Um, did you 